Hello and welcome to this uh, special Christmas edition of Irreligiosophy, the One True Podcast, and the only podcast to abort Christ from Christmas. That's right. We're going to be left with one bloody mess. Mass? Mess? One bloody mess. We're just left with mess. Mess. But before we get to aborting Christ... I have my speculum ready. You... <laughs> Should we tell them that... Coat hanger? We're in the same room? We are actually in the same room. I don't know if anyone's interested in that or not. They're not interested, but um, the lag, the lag will not be present today. Or perhaps it will, because actually I just talk like that. So. You, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Before we get into the uh, abortion of Christ, let's uh, discuss some skunk dicks. We got, we got a few this week. We do. Shall I? Who shall go first? How about uh, Michigan lawmakers who passed a, shall we say, controversial measure? I doubt uh, it was controversial at all. The, <laughs> ban all insurance plans in the state from covering abortion unless the woman's life is in danger. That does not uh, include exceptions for uh, rape or incest, by the way. No exceptions. So no insurance coverage. They'd have to pay it out of their own pocket. Uh, and they'd have to buy special abortion riders on top of their pre-existing insurance. Oh, man. An abortion rider. The worst kind of rider <laughs> So, um, apparently this was, the same thing was brought up last year, but it was vetoed by the Republican governor, who, uh, in a uh, fit of common sense, thought that it wasn't right to uh, tell women who become pregnant due to a rape that she needed to select elective right. insurance <laughs> coverage. Sorry, uh, you didn't check that box on your form. <laughs> you should have been prepared. Uh, but what they did was they went and got 300,000 voter signatures on a petition, and uh, the second vote passed then by both chambers and apparently it's automatically law in March without even without the governor's approval. What? Yeah. Doesn't he have to sign it? It no. doesn't work the same as no. the national level? N- not this way. I know nothing about law. So, you know, I, I guess this is a bunch of anti-abortionists who are pissed off uh, that uh, their insurance dollars That's could right. possibly go to uh, paying for some poor woman's abortion. I don't want my money to pay for her abortion. Right. All yeah. these women going out having sex and I'm paying for that? Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Well, hey, guys, I'm angry that my tax dollars are going to support fucking priests molesting children. But, right. You know, uh, or going to faith-based initiatives in violation of the First Amendment of the Constitution. But, you know, that, that, that's what happens when you live in a democracy. Chuck, are you sure? Can I just strike off my taxes when we pay them this year? For I'm going to subtract everything that I don't agree with. Yes. <laughs> yes. Like, I don't agree with drone strikes. That's worth at least, like, 20% of my taxes, right? <laughs> $300. I don't agree with subsidizing churches. $50. I wonder, too, if the insurance um, payments, the insurance premiums will go down now, that they're not uh, covering a, a service anymore, right? I'm, I'm sure, sure the premiums will decrease <laughs> sure that's proportionally. Because you know what insurance companies and business in general like to do? is lower your prices. <laughs> <laughs> so... Lower prices for everyone. No more abortion. So yet another front in the ongoing anti-woman agenda of the religious right. That's a strong contender. So the Michigan um, legislators, I guess, is the, the candidate number one for Skunk Dick of the Week. Is it their whole, it's their whole House and their Senate, right? Yeah, both chambers. Both chambers. Did it say what the votes were, by the way? Uh, no, but it, the um, bodies were made up of 80% men, so... Mm. Hmm, I say. Hmm. hmm. Well, speaking of uh, health care, Chuck, do you know what Obamacare is like? Uh, I can think of a few metaphors. I've come up with an Obamacare is like skunk dick name generator. <laughs> <laughs> All you have to do is pick something that sounds horrible and put it in the blank, and I'll give you a skunk dick. Excellent. So Obamacare is like... Uh, slavery? Ding, ding, ding. If you said slavery, <laughs> that's not a real sound effect. I just made that up. Uh, nice. You're Ben Carson. But uh, but that's not the wet's old news. If you said Katrina, you're Michael Shear. See all these Obamacare things? is like Katrina? Obamacare <laughs> is like... It's like... It's exactly Obamacare like is Obama's Katrina. <laughs> but this one came right on the heels of... Uh, you probably heard of this guy. His name was Nelson Mandela. Mandela? Oh, yes. Mandela. Is so, Obamacare like Nelson Mandela? Obamacare is like Nelson Mandela. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
black and it spent 26 years in jail. <laughs> no, Obamacare, according to Rick Santorum, it's just like apartheid. And what a better time to point this out is right when Mandela dies. <laughs> Obamacare <laughs> is exactly like a systematic governmental oppression of black people by whites oh my God, in you, South Africa. That's exactly what I wrote down here. <laughs> it's absolutely the same. Right, Obamacare. You know, perhaps it's a misguided but well-meaning attempt to bring health care to the uninsured. I cannot think of a single <laughs> difference between Obamacare and apartheid. And apartheid is systemic subjugation and entrenchment of racism type <laughs> of people. Same thing! It's exactly the same it's thing. so similar! Oh, my God. That was Santorum? That was Rick Santorum. Yeah, because he could The corpse wasn't even cold yet. And he was jumping on that. Speaking of Mandela... <laughs> you got to strike while iron's hot. Seriously. Oh, there's really no better time to talk about Obamacare being like apartheid than when a major opponent of it dies. Yes. But um, I if think there's it, a mass shooting, it is never the right time to talk about gun control. <laughs> I think Obamacare probably killed Nelson Mandela. <laughs> I didn't think of that. Yeah. It's a conspiracy. Yeah, um, you can have rampant shootings all over the place, but uh, it's um, only political expediency that uh, would tie those two with gun control. Yeah. Uh, it's just funny how things come up, you know. Well, yeah. you can't talk about this now. That's You, you be sensitive. People just died. Then it's later an emotional on, time. You can't talk about it now. There's no reason to. <laughs> about this for? Ah, uh, fuckers. Rick Santorum. We all know what his last name means, by the way, right? Yeah, when he was um, campaigning for president, he contacted Google to remove <laughs> that from the search results. <laughs> you can't get anything off Urban uh, Dictionary. So, candidate number two is uh, Rick Santorum. Yeah. First, we have the Michigan legislature. Yes. And now we have Rick Santorum and, fi- and also... And pretty much everyone else who compares Obamacare is <laughs> some all sort of everyone. catastrophe. Uh, all right, well, candidate number three, I would say, is uh, a tie between Gretchen Carlson and Fox News host Megyn Kelly, who both... Oh, yeah. Who both, uh, going with the Christmas theme of the podcast, make Christmas blunders. So uh, here is Gretchen Carlson. You kidding me now? Are we making a mockery of everything with regard to Christianity in this society? Now we're going to have a satanic monument next to the Ten Commandments? Really? David, why is it always on December 25th or in and around Christmas? Because if you did it in July, nobody would care. Because the season doesn't belong to Christianity. The season belongs to everybody. 80% of America That doesn't matter. Christianity, wait a minute. Christianity stole the season from the solstice. Stole the Uh, season? Sorry. You don't even believe that. Uh, You don't even believe that. Uh, Jeremiah 10, don't deck a hall, don't deck a (laughs) tree of gold. Oh, now an is going to cite the Bible I can cite it better than you. I can prove it to you. Yes, I can. No, I think you can quote. That's why I'm an atheist. from Satan, I think you'd be more I read the Bible. Well, that, you do, you know, well, let me, let me that, state this, No, please. wait, that's a new headline for me, <laughs> yeah, that, right. that, the, that somehow the Christians stole Christmas from the atheists. Absolutely. I don't get it. Remember this classic Seinfeld moment? Many Christmases ago, I went to buy a doll for my son. I reached for the last one they had, but so did another man. As I rained blows upon him, I realized there had to be another way. What happened to the doll? It was destroyed. But out of that, a new holiday was born. A Festivus for the rest of us. No, please. That's the classic episode. I mean, the episode was funny, but not Festivus. Explaining the origin of the fake holiday, fake holiday, Festivus. But now a nearly six-foot-tall Festivus pole made from empty beer cans about to go up at the Florida State Capitol. I'm not kidding. It's part of a not-so-subtle protest against the nativity scene already on display there. Bill, I am so outraged by this. Why do I have to drive around with my kids to look for nativity scenes and be like, oh yeah, kids, look, there's baby Jesus behind the Festivus pole made out of beer cans. It's nuts. So, Fox News' Gretchen Carlson, uh, headline to me that the Christians stole this holiday. I never heard of this. What are you talking about? Solstice? What the fuck kind of oh, holiday so was that? A fake holiday. That's left, a fake holiday. She left Fox and Friends, and now she's got her own show? The real story. Oh, the real story. She's never Carlson. heard of the origins of Christmas. She's well, never heard Gretchen, of winter festivals. This podcast is for you. 
She doesn't even. Does she know that other countries in the world exist? That they, <laughs> I, I the fake the term I'm worried for her. the term fake holiday. I thought was especially. <laughs> it's a fake holiday. Especially, I love it. On point. It's a fake holiday. All right. All right um, who's tied with Gretchen Carlson? Tied with Gretchen Carlson. Who could possibly top that? Is another Fox <laughs> News host, Megan Kelly. Blonde and hot. Which is. Uh, is I don't want to make any value judgments just because she's female. She's supposedly the smart blonde on Fox News. Ah. Uh, I guess compared to Gretchen Carlson. Okay. Let's but hear what she has to say. Let's listen to what she has to say about Christmas and Jesus and Santa. Santa Claus should not be a white man anymore. And when I saw this headline, I kind of laughed and I said, oh, this is so ridiculous. Yet another person claiming it's racist to have a white Santa, you know. And by the way, for all you kids watching at home, Santa just is white. But this person is just arguing that, that maybe we should we should also have a black Santa. But, you know, Santa is what he is. And just so you know, we're just debating this because someone wrote about it, kids. Okay, so that so I've given her name is Aisha Harris. I've given her her, you know, her due on where she was going with it. But. Just because it makes you feel uncomfortable doesn't mean it has to change. You know, I mean, Jesus yeah. was a white man, too. But, you, you know, it's like we have he was a historical figure. I mean, that's a verifiable fact, as is Santa. I just want right. the kids watching to know that. Yes. But my point is, how do you just revise it, you know, in the middle of the legacy of the story and change Santa from white to black? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can't. So um, news bulletin. <laughs> Santa was white and Jesus was white. Um, he's a historical, verifiable figure, by the way, Matt. Just, oh, that's right. And she keeps reminding you of the kids. I just want you, all you kids, all you fucking six-year-old kids watching Fox News. Jesus just, is white. I just want to remind you, <laughs> Jesus is white. And Santa Claus. And Santa was a historical figure, too. Oh, I'm sorry, six-year-old kids. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I like how she said, uh, uh, you can't just change that. You can't, you can't just change a completely made-up thing. You can't, you can't. You can't just change it because you're uncomfortable. I'm uncomfortable with the fact that Jesus actually was not white, so I want to make him white because I'm uncomfortable. Oh, that's better. Uh, okay. Okay. All right. I feel. I good. feel better. Uh, maybe they should have invited Aisha on the program, but yeah, someone needs to sit uh, Miss Miss Kelly down and and explain to her that Jesus was a Mediterranean Jew, <laughs> not a European Caucasian. Well, maybe I should um, bring up my skunk dick now. Oh, who, what skunk dick do you have? My skunk dick is Megan Kelly. Me- <laughs> is this the fifth skunk dick? Jesus Christ. <laughs> she responded to the uh, Santa backlash because you know why, Chuck? It's, it's- I know she um, skipped the next uh, the next night, but she came on right. uh, to you know meet this controversy head on the night afterwards. I, wa- I always wonder what's going on. Even at Fox News in like the boardroom or whatever, where they're like, what the fuck, Megan? <laughs> <laughs> the same conversation must go on when Pat Robertson, and whenever he gets on the air. Right. What the flying fuck? Again. <laughs> All right. Um, what did they say? They said um, she had a cold or something. She yeah. had the one-day cold. Yes. yes. 24-hour flu. <laughs> All right. You've got a cold. Go, go, go home. Well, we figure out what the figure fuck to say. So they figured out what they say. What to say. All right. They got together. They brought her back. They, she said... Uh, Humor is a part of what we try to bring to this show, but sometimes that is lost on the humorless. Cue the firestorm of controversy over my declaring Santa's skin color. Many questioning whether I understand that Santa is a mythical figure. Others suggesting I am a racist who is outraged at the idea of a black Santa. Outraged? Well, this would be funny if it were not so telling about our society, in particular the knee-jerk instinct by so many to race bait and to assume the worst in people, especially people employed by the very powerful Fox News Channel. By the way, I also did say Jesus was white. As I've learned in the past two days, that is far from settled. She was joking. She, she was joking, apparently, is what she's saying now. That was all a joke. <laughs> it was all a joke. I know Jesus isn't white, for God's sakes. Zing! <laughs> when she's so, when she is so upset at the mere suggestion that fake Santa be turned into a penguin, but we can't take her joke about Jesus being white. As she learned, for me, the fact that an offhand jest I made during a segment about whether Santa should be replaced by a penguin has now become a national firestorm. 
Actually, that was Jedediah who, who suggested a yeah. penguin. No, I think it was the lady in the original article. Oh, was it the lady? Oh, yeah, okay. She didn't okay. want the sand to be black or white. She wanted to make it oh, neutral, right. like a penguin. Jedediah, because it's both. Okay. What about the Mexicans? <laughs> they... What about Asians? Exactly. Where's their Santa Claus? So, Megan Kelly, double skunk dick. Double dicked this week. <laughs> double dicked. Oh. All right, well, let's feed that in computer and see who the actual skunk dick is. I'm, I'm saying it's going to be Megan Kelly, even though my heart is with the Michigan legislators. I, you know, a two for one this week. I don't think that's ever happened before. Megan Kelly, that's a strong contender. Yeah, I'm going to vote for Megan Kelly. All right. We'll Although wait, we Gretchen Carlson. No, I gotta, I gotta go with Gretchen Carlson. <laughs> Gretchen Carlson, crazy. Who's pissed off about the Festivus poll? <laughs> news to me. You're in the news business. <laughs> Serenity now. <laughs> All right, uh, feed it. Oh, the actual skunk dick is the LDS Church. How about that? What? Matt, the LDS Church has recently, uh, last week, put an article up on the internet on their. Uh, uh, LDS.org website called Race in the Priesthood. Race in the Priesthood. So uh, they're trying to. Is this a. Uh, I was going to say. What, what do you call it? Is this one of those ejaculations the prophet has? <laughs> Revelation? Revelations. That's no, what this, is a, this is a press release. Ejaculations is that book in the Bible. I always get that confused. This is straight from the marketers. Oh. I, uh, I was going to say whitewash their history. But <laughs> <laughs> they're the, trying to. Uh, double entendre. They're trying to rewrite their history on racism, and uh, they want to take the <laughs> the blame for racism and racist policies off of Joseph Smith and place it on Brigham Young. It's not Joseph Smith's fault, it's oh. Brigham Young. I'm not sure how removing the blame from the first president of the church and moving it to the second helps them at all. Well, but that's their that's their uh, is strategy. Joseph Smith is he more venerated in the? Yeah. That's yeah, certainly as a founder they, of the church. They, oh, they gotta have someone to blame on. Don't they have like a parley or something they could blame it on? They get so, <laughs> one of those prats or something. Basically, they state that uh, in 1852, President Brigham Young publicly announced that men of black African descent could no longer be ordained to the priesthood, though thereafter blacks continued to join the church through baptism and receiving the Holy Ghost. So, you know, they're rewriting history here to say that this policy didn't come from Joseph Smith, okay. which if you read the Journal of Discourses, where did Brigham Young get this policy? From Joseph Smith, he says. So forget about that, folks. Uh, it came from Brigham Young, who apparently, according to this article, is just a racist bastard. <laughs> really? That's, <laughs> they're throwing Brigham Young under the bus. Under the bus. Uh, forget about the fact that even according to their own church history, Brigham Young was supposed to be talking to God all the time. And not only Brigham Young, but all the fucking prophets all the way up to 1978, Spencer W. Kimmel, right? Right. They apparently were just as racist as Brigham Young. Until? Until the restriction was removed, of course, in, in 1978. Oh. But they have this wonderful paragraph at the end. Uh, Today, the church disavows the theories advanced in the past that black skin is a sign of divine disfavor or curse. Or that it reflects actions in a premortal life, that mixed race marriages are a sin, or that blacks or people of any other race or ethnicity are inferior in any way to anyone else. Church leaders today unequivocally condemn all racism, past and present, in any form. I'm wondering, oh Matt. God, that's so progressive. In in um, disavowing the theories advanced in the past that black skin is a sign of divine disfavor or curse, they're also uh, disavowing their foundational scriptures, such as the Book of Mormon. Uh, 2nd Nephi 5.21 Wherefore, as they were white and exceedingly fair and delightsome, like that they might not be enticing unto <laughs> my people, the Lord God did cause a skin of blackness to come upon them. Oh! It's in the Book of Mormon. Uh, the Book what of is Moses? that called? The Curse of uh, Cain? No. The Curse of Cain, yes. The Curse of Cain. There was a blackness came upon all the children of Canaan that they were despised among all people. That's Moses 7.8. And they were a mixture of all the seed of Adam, save it was the seed of Cain, for the seed of Cain were black. And had not place among them. Moses 7.22. The seed of Cain were black. Book of Abraham. From Ham spring that race which preserved the curse of the land. That's Abraham 124. Oh, Ham. That's the other one I was thinking. Uh, now the first, yeah, the son of Noah, I think, who, yeah. who carried on the curse of Cain, according yeah. to them. And what do they call, uh, what do they call his descendants? Ha um, I'm not well versed in Mormon doctrine. <laughs> Hamites. Hamites? <laughs> now like the, a weird sandwich. The first government of Egypt was established by Pharaoh, the eldest son of Egyptus. You see, that's why they're named Pharaoh, man, Egyptus. because the eldest son was named Pharaoh. Ah. And the mom was named Egyptus. 
uh, the daughter of Ham, Noah, his father, who blessed him with the blessing of the earth, but cursed him as pertaining to the priesthood. Now the Pharaoh, being of the lineage by which could not have the right of the priesthood. So that's Abraham 1, 26 and 27. So these are the foundations. They're including the fucking Book of Mormon. So apparently they're disavowing all this shit. I wonder how long it's going to be before the Pearl of Great Price is removed from the canon and the Book of Mormon is uh, heavily edited. I'm just can't get over that part about Pharaoh's the son of Egypt. <laughs> it was named <laughs> as Egypt. A, as real people. Because the woman was named Egyptus. Oh. All right. Now, Yay, uh, church. Yay, good job, church. Skunk dick you of the week. Again. Well, we have a, um honorable mention, of course. Wait a second. Six skunk dicks and an honorable mention. <laughs> That's right. But all, there can be only one. Unprecedented. No one can beat the church. Uh, Sarah Palin spoke at Liberty University. Are you familiar with this? My school? favorite place. Yeah, it's a great uh, higher educational uh, institution. Where as as would any institution that invites Sarah Palin to talk. <laughs> right. She said a lot of shit that we don't have to pay attention to, but but the best part said uh, talking about Jefferson. Jefferson would likely agree that secularists. That's you. Me. You and probably you out there. Guilty. They had set their sights on destroying the religious themes and Christmas celebrations. I, I do do that. Yes. I, Every November I launch my war on against Christmas. The war is going well this year. We have a Festivus pole <laughs> and a satanic <laughs> and a monument. satanic monument. No one would care uh, about a satanic monument in July. <laughs> <laughs> no, they would be like, the fuck, idiot Satanist? Go up in December. He, being Jefferson, he would recognize those who would want to try to ignore that... I hate this phrase. Jesus is the reason for the season. Those who would want to try to abort Christ from Christmas. Yes. These are angry atheists <laughs> armed with an attorney. <laughs> what, they are not the majority of Americans. Take a coat hanger and abort Christ from Christmas. I like to put on my, my chaps and put an attorney in my holster. <laughs> Go out and make war on Christmas. <laughs> I like to think of our uh, weapons as calculators and telescopes. <laughs> oh, like science stuff. All right. Um, that's a good honorable mention because that leads us directly into the actual right. reason for the season. What's the reason for the season? And the reason for this podcast, the origins of Christmas. Christmas comes from the Latin word. Christ. Mas. And that's all the studying I did, so... We're well, done. that's about that's, it. That's where it goes from. we had long skunk dicks this time. <laughs> okay, where should we start? Charles? Well, I would start with the or the um, winter solstice, as uh, David Silverman mentioned. Yeah. Um, now, just about every ancient culture had a, a celebration, a midwinter festival, uh, some sort of um, honoring of, of the winter solstice. This is the time of year when the sun appears lowest in the horizon at noon. At the northern hemisphere. Well, winter solstice. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. Because so, they, so they in call the it summer. southern hemisphere would still be winter. Oh, right. I just didn't want to be a hemispherist. <laughs> <laughs> Jump the head. Hemispherist. So winter solstice is the time of the year when the sun appears lowest in the horizon at noon. Also, the shortest day of the year. That's when... Uh, the days stop shortening and start becoming longer, and the nights start getting shorter. So you can see why this would be an interesting time for ancient peoples. If you're rationing your winter food supplies, this is a convenient marker, right, for the gradual return right. of warmer temperatures and longer days. And so uh, you can kind of meter your food out uh, until hopefully spring comes in that first harvest where you can actually start feeding yourself again uh, with new crops. Uh, cultures who worshipped sun gods saw the sun getting weaker and weaker, so it was either diseased or it was dying. And so the solstice might have represented that time when it turned and started getting uh, overcoming death or overcoming the disease and started growing stronger again. The solstice had to have some sort of uh, importance to the creators of Stonehenge because um, the, the, the massive that pillars... That's controversial. ...are arranged <laughs> so that the sun rises between these two massive blocks right on the winter solstice. Oh, yeah. So so that's kind of the mythical explanation of the solstice is that these gods are dying, these sun gods. So what's really going on, Matt? It's metaphorical. Oh, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> what does science say is happening on the solstice? Okay, this is what's going on. And I was actually confused about this uh, 
growing up, I thought, you know, we get we get our short and long days here because of the tilt of the Earth, right? Yes. The Earth's tilted at about 23 and a half degrees. Sure. Relative to what? The, the equatorial plane? Uh, sure. I thought the Earth was, I thought it was wobbling back and forth as it orbited the sun. I didn't understand for a long time that it was fixed, basically. It's actually tilted, yeah. It's actually tilted. And so actually, so that tilt, when it uh, rolls around the ellipse, so you'll have part of the Earth is, like the top half is is tilted away during wintertime. Right. And then that same half on the other side of the ellipse would be tilted toward, and that would be summertime. I get that now. And vice versa (laughs) uh, in the southern hemisphere. And a little bit of trivia. Did you know that um, in our winter... When the uh, the northern half of the Earth is tilted farther away from the sun, which is actually the winter, because people who are in the bottom and side of the Earth no are so, wrong. This is our winter. Wrong. <laughs> Their winter is crazy. Um, that is uh, the closest uh, point on the uh, the ellipse around the sun, which is odd. It just goes to show you what's more important for influencing temperature. So, so if we were received versus distance from the sun. Yeah. So if we were merely tilted the other way, we would probably burn to death. Yes, that's exactly <laughs> what would happen. <laughs> so apparently, the the solstice occurs on the uh, vertex, like one of the vertices of the ellipse, uh, and then it it starts going toward back toward the sun again. Aphelion? No. Is that what it is? Perihelion on the orbit. Somebody look that up. So that's the science. That's the science. That's my horrible science explanation for what happens. Before we get into the Roman celebration of Saturnalia, I want to briefly cover birthdays. So Jewish and Christian feelings toward birthdays. And so you, you often wonder why in the hell did they even why did they not know what day Christ was born? They didn't even seem to be interested in what day Christ was born for several centuries. It says in the Bible, Chuck, somewhere, he was born on Christmas Day. <laughs> or the day he was born became Christmas Day, therefore, this sure. logic is unassailable. Uh, so Christians and Jews, unlike Romans, didn't tend to celebrate birthdays. Romans celebrated birthdays. Christians, Jews, didn't. In Against Appion, 226, Josephus, writing late in the first century, says, The law does not permit us to make festivals at the births of our children, and thereby afford occasion of drinking to excess. <laughs> so they didn't, <laughs> the ancient Jews did not celebrate birthdays. Ecclesiastes 7.1 says that the day of death is better than the day of one's birth. <laughs> well. <laughs> then your suffering stops. I guess. <laughs> Christian fathers agreed with this. Origen wrote in homilies on Leviticus. Uh, that sounds like a, a really interesting book. Not one from all the saints is found to have celebrated a festive day or a great feast on the day of his birth. No one is found to have had joy in the day of the birth of his son or daughter. Only sinners rejoice over this kind of birthday. The saints not only do not celebrate a festival on their birthdays, but filled with the Holy Spirit, they curse the day. <laughs> what? <laughs> Curse this day. Curse the day I was born. Praise be the day I die. (laughs) In Contra Celsus, he lists a number of holy days that must be observed, among them the Passover and uh, the Pentecost. Doesn't mention the nativity. What? On idolatry, Tertullian tells his readers not to partake in the Saturnalia uh, or gift-giving in midwinter. Uh, He reasons that just as the pagans don't celebrate Pentecost or Passover... So the Christians must not, must not celebrate the pagan festivals. Irenaeus... Uh, That's right. Stay out of our festivals, Christians. <laughs> Take your children somewhere else to see nativity. Stop nativities. celebrating Festivus, you fuckers. Irenaeus doesn't mention any celebration of the nativity either. And in the New Testament itself, birthday is mentioned only once. It's in the setting of the birthday feast of Herod Antipas. That's in uh, Mark 6 and Matthew 14. I think Luke mentions it uh, in passing. Uh, where Salome danced and then asked for John the Baptist's head. So it's in the setting oh. of like this evil party to excess and, and killing one of God's prophets. Did she say it was her birthday? It's it my birthday. The, I want his head. The birthday of Herod Antipas. Oh, it's my birthday. What would you like? <laughs> How about a head? You remember she danced and uh, it was so sexy that he said, I'll give you anything you want. And she asked for his head? She said, because her, her, her mother, Herodias, was chastised by John the Baptist for marrying, and, and so it was evil marriage. Oh. So she wanted his head. Damn Hell it. hath no fury. I guess I'll give you John the Baptist's head on a platter then. 
Well, you know, you listen, you really got to think before you make promises like that. <laughs> get it through. never turns out well. It never does. Whatever you wish for. What if she wished for his kingdom? He's, she, I think he said, even unto half my kingdom. Oh, under half of it. I would have taken half. He hedged his bat. I would have taken half the kingdom. She too. should have taken the half with John the Baptist in it. She could have uh-huh. had both. Uh, see? Now you're thinking. Uh, the earliest date given for the birth of Christ was January 6th uh, by Clement of Alexandria, somewhere around the year 192. So it, at first, it was supposedly January 6th. Because, okay. you know, shepherds are out in the fucking fields, abiding in the fields when uh, it's cold as shit. Right. So that was that was around the year 192. The first evidence we have for December 25th uh, as the date for Jesus' birth is the calendar of Philokalus in 354, where it's listed right next to the birth date of Saul Invictus. So, so <laughs> Deus Natalis Solus ah. Invicti, the unconquerable god of the sun. The birth date of, of Saul Invictus was set at least in 274 when Emperor Aurelian dedicated a temple to him on, a, on his birthday, December 25th. So it wasn't until the late 4th century that the church agreed on December 25th as opposed to January 6th. And that's likely because of the pagan festivals, including the natal celebration of Sol Invictus and right. Saturnalia uh, around the winter solstice. Are you telling me they, they imported the festival into their belief system? So the reason for the season, Gretchen Carlson, is fucking Sol Invictus. Sol Invictus. <laughs> it's not as, it does not as catchy, though. Sol or, Invictus. Or the Roman god Saturn. Which will now turn to Saturnalia. Saturnalia. Yeah, Roman pagans first introduced the holiday of Saturnalia. 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 Nobody can pronounce it. It's unpronounceable. <laughs> the unpronounceable holiday <laughs> of That's Saturnalia. why they changed it to Christmas. <laughs> it's easier to say. Uh, Saturnalia. So basically it was a week-long period of uh, lawlessness, right? Well, it was um, in a way a week long celebration of yeah. the Roman god Saturn. Um, rules were relaxed. I think it gets the the um, reputation for lawlessness because courts were closed. <laughs> right, they closed the courts. No one could be punished, and uh, they begin when the Roman authorities chose uh, an enemy of the Roman people to represent the Lord of Misrule. Have you heard of that? Yeah, I just the, learned um, this. I the, didn't know they did this. The that was so Saturnalia um, <clears throat> changed. I mean, this is we're talking a holiday that was celebrated probably seven or eight centuries, right? Um, so it changed later on in, in antiquity. You have the Lord of Misrule or the uh, Mocking King, uh, who would give all, all kinds of commands, and he was sort of this fool, right? Um, and they'd have to obey them. But then they would kill him at the end, right? Sometimes. I don't know if he was. I don't know. I think part of this is so difficult because part of it is uh, later Christians complaining oh, about that's, the holiday, that's true. right? <laughs> and, and propagandizing about the holiday. And so you get the Christians saying that it's this rampant period of lawlessness where uh, they they no crime was possible and rape and murder happened and and they had to do human sacrifice. And so it, it's tough to say because Roman sources. There's no Roman source that covers Saturnalia from start to finish. Right, right. The best one we get is, is, is like a novel that takes place during Saturnalia. Well, I got like by Lucian. Is that who you're talking about? I got the Greek writer Lucian uh-huh. and his dialogue. He wrote about term. it, yeah. yeah. He, mentioned, uh, yeah. he mentions human sacrifice, widespread intoxication, going from house to house singing naked, rape, uh, sexual license, and consuming human-shaped biscuits. <laughs> <laughs> like gingerbread men? Like gingerbread men. <laughs> so it's tough to say. Um, originally, I think the holiday was in remembrance of uh, the god Saturn. So he was uh, he, he was supposedly ruled over a golden age where crops spontaneously sprung from the earth without any labor. So you didn't have to plant it. You didn't have to reap it or sow it. And so there's no need for slavery. So everyone was oh, equal. Yay. And so there's this... Um, Socialism. This. Sounds like Obamacare to me. <laughs> so, uh, generally, this ran from December 17th through the 23rd. Uh, on the 17th, wool restraints were removed from the statue of Saturn's feet. So, so most of the year, they had these uh, wool slippers or, or uh, wool ties around his feet. So, he was bound for most of the year. And, and during Saturnalia, it was taken off and, and he was symbolically freed. Uh, a, a sacrifice was made, and a public banquet followed. So schools and courts were closed. No war could be declared. 
Uh, gifts ah. were exchanged. Laws against gambling were suspended. No, oh, you so can gamble. <laughs> you could gamble. And masters uh, served their slaves at table because Saturn was also a god of uh, wealth and, and role reversal. So the slaves uh-huh. became the masters, the masters became the slaves. Of course, the slaves still prepared the food. <laughs> but the, they made the table. They brought the it out. The masters simply served the food. <laughs> so um, houses were decked with the boughs of laurel and, and evergreen trees, much like Christmas. You know, deck the halls mm. with boughs of holly. That's probably more in reference right. to Saturnalia. Um, but don't, uh, don't wear any gay apparel. <laughs> that should have been a skunk dick, by the way. Who was that? Some somebody removed the gay. It was uh, was it Macy's? I think it was Macy's. Seeing gay apparel. <laughs> they made it fun apparel or something. Uh, uh Lord. Um, they actually Romans who usually didn't wear hats. They walked around bareheaded. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Donned the Peleus, which is uh, this felt cap with a, oh. the little round thing. Yeah, it kind of looks like an uncircumcised <clears throat> penis. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, it's like, like it a, flops it over. Flops over the um, they wore that during Saturnalia, and actually slaves were permitted to wear it as well. Um, oh. As a symbol of, of their limited freedom. Yes. During this time, you shall wear this penis-shaped hat and also only receive light beatings. <laughs> On the 23rd, this was called the Sigillaria, uh, gifts were exchanged. And these could be very expensive gifts or, you know, such as a slave. Uh-huh. Or uh, really, really cheap and actually, the really cheap ones or the gag gifts were more popular because, uh, given the role reversal, a very cheap gift would signify a very valuable friendship. Oh. And so you'd give them the cheapest gift possible. I think I'm going to restart that <laughs> tradition. Yeah. Well, I here. did that already. <laughs> That's why I just brought you a tin of popcorn for Christmas. Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> oh, it's called the Phrygian cap. Phrygian cap. Phrygian yeah, cap. Or the okay. Peleus in Roman. It was. Uh, Phrygia was in the Persian Empire. Uh, that's just a little bit of trivia that's absolutely, you know, not related. Let's continue. <laughs> <laughs> so children were given toys on the Sigil area. Okay. Um, candles were common around Saturnalia. This sounds like an origin of gift-giving, Chuck, <laughs> which I'm pretty sure is because the three wise men brought Jesus presents. Right. It was, it was Christ. I'm sorry. Uh, candles were common around... Uh, Saturnalia, and it was often referred to as a festival of light because they'd, they'd be walking with little candles. That's right. That probably references its proximity to the winter solstice, which in the Julian calendar was December 25th. It gets dark early. And it gets dark, right. So, um, unlike many other Roman festivals, which had ties to cults and temples inside Rome itself, so it could only really be practiced inside the city of Rome, Saturnalia could be celebrated anywhere in the empire. And it continued as a secular celebration long after it was removed from the official calendar, probably because of fucking Christians. <laughs> Those bastards. You took my Invictus. <laughs> I will still celebrate the Dies Natalis of Sol Invictus, but I'll just call it Christmas. Yes. Well, you know what they had to do? Uh, because Saturnalia wasn't very Christian-like. They had to slowly start changing it. Somehow. Right. Like, they, so, <laughs> so the yeah. common argument is the um, the Christians in the 4th century. So this is now after Constantine, who, by the way, everyone says, you know, oh, he converted Christianity. He continued to have his coins stamped with his profile on the front and Sol Invictus on the back ah. uh, as late as like 325. So um, he was a patron of Christianity and the cult of Sol Invictus. Anyways, after Constantine and I think Theodosius, who made it the state uh, religion, um, what was that, uh, way back in, in the late 4th century. Right. Um, so they got to start stamping out pagans and pagan celebrations. And uh, as with a lot of other things in Christianity, it was probably easier to not uh, get rid of it entirely, but to uh, kind of absorb it. Right. Well, what's the best way, do you know, to, to convert pagans is to uh, kind of bring in the beliefs they already have. And, right. And, and then you can slowly stamp those out over time. Yes. Very common in Europe, um, especially in Germany. And um, they, they uh, instead of saying, hey, uh, this God replaces all of it, you just say, hey, you can worship Christ and continue all of your previous celebrations and worships and then yeah later on it would just be absorbed into christianity and you'd move forward with a single religion quite devious right those early christian holidays must have been great man 
drinking, sexual indulgence, singing naked in the streets. Pillaging. Right, be pillaging. Killing people. They should still do the singing naked when people go caroling. <laughs> Wasseling or whatever it is. Very, very difficult in, uh, uh, in and around December. Right. But, uh, you know, in the Southern Hemisphere, that should definitely be naked caroling. Well, they should have to celebrate their Christmas Australians. during their winter. Because I don't want them to have a nice warm Christmas. Sometimes. Some, Not fair. Some people do. And they have like a Christmas in July celebration. They do. But I think for the December Christmas, they should definitely engage in naked caroling. Yeah. Just like the original <laughs> Saturnalian. If anybody comes singing at my door and they're not naked. I'm going to put on a Phrygian cap. Ooh, I was going to egg them. <laughs> <laughs> Over my penis. <laughs> okay. Then what happened? Well, so the uh, original St. Nicholas was actually a historical... Like, it um, was. Like Megan Kelly says, he's a verifiable historical figure. And he was white, I bet. <laughs> he was an early Greek Christian saint. He was born in Asia Minor, which is modern Turkey. Right, Turkey. So, in I don't know. 270 CE. I don't know how I actually got. white he is. He was, he's probably olive colored. Much like the Greeks. Any of his skin that was covered with cloth was, was lighter than <laughs> the skin that was uncovered. I'm like, yeah. He was probably the whitest turkey <laughs> born yet. He was like a nice beige. Little known, Matt, he was born fat and with a beard. Really? I have him being born in Turkey in 270, or what it was is now Turkey, 270 C, and he later became the Bishop of Myra. Or yes. is it Myra? Yes. Nikolaus of Myra. Nikolaus of Myra. He was among the uh, most senior bishops who convened the Council of Nicaea. He was Nicaea. actually, that was it. I did not know that. He was invited and went to the Council of Nicaea in 325 yeah. and was part, I think he signed the Nicene Creed. And that, what did they do there? They fucking the Santa Claus. Right? Santa Claus. <laughs> Santa, so they are the same people. <laughs> I think Sinterklaas is um, is just kind of like where you, where you remove a bunch of vowels and kind of squish it together. I think it's like a Dutch version of Saint Nicholas. That's exactly what it is. And Sinterklaas became Santa Claus and Nick Nolte well, Saint- or whatever his <laughs> name is. <laughs> Saint Nicholas was uh, had a reputation for giving gifts secretly. So a couple um, pagan origins: uh, Christmas trees, for example. So things that stay green all year have long been uh, popular choices for uh, many cultures to decorate their dwellings during the wintertime, uh-huh. um, to remind them that summer is going to return uh, and that things still live in the wintertime. Evergreens! <clears throat> Ancient Egyptians used uh, palm fronds, or the palm rushes, and they'd, they'd fill their house and decorate it with uh, palm fronds during the winter solstice as a celebration of the turn of Ra, the sun god. Uh, Romans decked the halls with evergreen boughs, as we uh, talked before about Saturnalia. Right. Um, the tradition of using trees uh, as Christmas decorations apparently started in Germany in the 16th century. Um, Martin Luther is credited as being the first to decorate Christmas trees with lighted candles, which seems like a really, really bad idea. <laughs> Especially, you know what happens to like a pine tree when you cut it down and bring it inside? And it sits there for a month. Oh my and God. And you fucking light candles on it. Oh God. Um a little side up in Park City. I don't know if you ever did this, but uh, for those of you who don't know, Park City is a ski town in Utah, United States. And uh, every, every Christmas, everybody drags their dried old Christmas trees up in the mountains. You can't do this anymore because the whole place is filled with condos and hotels now. Yep. But you just drag it back in, in some open place and you toss them all in a pile and have a big old Christmas tree fire. And there's usually drunk, drunken revelry, maybe naked singing. I never participated. Just, you should have. It was like the original Saturnalia. Yeah. Yeah. We, um, I think we always bought a little Christmas tree and sprayed it with fake snow. Oh, fake snow. I don't even know what that stuff is, but I'm sure it's not flammable. <laughs> <laughs> so German settlers to Pennsylvania brought the tradition to America in the 1700s, uh, but it was seen initially as pagan and didn't catch on until the late 1800s. The Puritans hated these traditions. Seeing Christmas trees and singing carols as heathen and pagan additions to a sacred holy day. Oliver Cromwell preached against any Christmas carols, decorated trees, or any joyful expressions that <laughs> desecrated that sacred day. Because the last thing you want on the one day of the year that celebrates the birth of your Savior is an expression of joy. 
That's right. Yeah. Well, he was probably uptight. <laughs> <laughs> it was um, it was the Victorian era that really made uh, Christmas trees popular. I think uh, Queen Victoria was very popular, and, and she had a Christmas tree, and so it kind of spread like wildfire throughout Europe. Um, during that time, European trees were about four feet in height. Americans, however, favored trees that touched the fucking ceiling. Why? Because we're fucking Americans, goddammit. Big fucking trees. All right. Do you want me to go over the origin of St. Nicholas? How about mistletoe? 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 Well, okay, so why do we kiss under the mistletoe, Chuck? Why? Because we're all sexually licentious and we'll take any excuse to make out with any <laughs> drunken idiot in my office party. We, we got are, there, Bush. Give me a kiss. We are sexually licentious, promiscuous mammals. Are you Primates. familiar with the Norse god Balder? Yes. Also known as Balder. Yes. Um, so he was killed using a mistletoe arrow by a rival god, Hoder, who was uh, tricked by Loki into killing him. Hence why we kiss under the mistletoe. Yeah, get it? The we, fuck does that have to do <laughs> see, with anything? He killed him with a mistletoe arrow. <laughs> now we kiss under mistletoe. <laughs> they just hang this shit up, and then later on, who knows how this shit happened. The, um, you didn't come to this podcast expecting to find that out, <laughs> did you? <laughs> The Druids regarded mistletoe as sacred. They did. Um, Druid priests would cut it from the tree on, on which it grew uh, with a golden sickle and hand it to the people, calling it all heel. And so hanging it over a doorway or a room was to offer goodwill to visitors. Um, mistletoe is actually like a freaking obligate parasite. It's like a, it's something that oh, that's birds right, yeah. will bring and then it'll shove spikes into fucking trees to get nutrients and, and then take the stuff from the sun. So it can't provide its own nutrients, so it has to fucking hook onto a tree. Um, kissing under the mistletoe uh, started out as a pledge of friendship. Um, it's rarely attested to before the 1800s in relation to Christmas, so it must be imported kind of as part of that um, friendship thing. Uh, originally, you'd have this little thing of mistletoe with the little berries on it. Right. And so men could go ahead and kiss girls, and when they did that, they'd take a berry off. And then once all the berries were gone, you couldn't kiss any more girls. Oh. You're no so, longer allowed. So you want to find one with lots of berries, lots I guess. Lots of fucking berries. So it's kind of a synthesis of uh, the sexual license of uh, Saturnalia and what, Druidic ritual. And uh, those fucking sexual Druids. The sexual hot Druids, man. There's nothing like a, <laughs> nothing like a hot Druid. Or a hot toga. <laughs> big long cloak or a big long toga. But whatever you do, don't get a hot Carl. That, oh, no. Just say no. If you don't know what a hot curl is, I, I'm certainly not going to mention it here. Just go look it up. <laughs> All right. Uh, St. Nicholas. St. Nicholas. St. Nicholas. St. Nicholas was a racist bastard, is what he was. Or was that Sinterklaas? That was Sinterklaas. Oh, Sinterklaas. He used to ride around his sled saying, Fuck you, children. It's all for me. <laughs> And I'm white. God damn you. Uh, la, 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 We did the Nicaea. There's lots of Germanic influence on uh, Christmas traditions. Um, and I'm not sure why that is. I mean, Christmas trees, certainly Germanic in influence. The Yule, the whole Yuletide season, that was an old festival in ancient Germany. Right. Uh, midwinter festival that was incorporated Yuletide, into another, Christmas. So. Another festival. So, yeah, whenever you hear Yuletide, it's not fucking Christmas. It's an ancient German midwinter right. festival. Yuletide, Yule log. Yeah. Right. Um, so, Nicholas, uh, he died eventually because he was just a man. He did Chuck. die. He was just a man. He a died. white man. Stunningly white. <laughs> we're just not, we're just going to keep beating that joke to death. <laughs> He died in, uh, th I have 345 CE. He was white, December children. 6th. For those children who are listening to this podcast, he was verifiably white. Oh. He was, you know, he wasn't named a saint until the 19th century. But I'm, I'm jumping ahead. So, um, I got in 1087, 1087 years later. After the birth of our <laughs> Savior. the birth of our Savior. Um, a group of sailors who idolized Nicholas, they, they took his bones... Where he, they were interred in uh, in modern Turkey, to a sanctuary in Bari, Italy, and basically he supplanted a a uh, a female deity there that was known as the 
grandmother or uh, I'm going to destroy this if there's any Italian speaking listeners Pasqua Epifania who used to fill children's stockings with her gift so she was out he was in and he, that became the center of the Nicholas cult um, so once again a man replaces a woman <laughs> once again and they'd give each other gifts during a pageant they conducted annually on the anniversary of his death which was December 6th aha ah, I don't know what that means but <laughs> So, the Nicholas cult spread north. It was adopted by uh, Germans, Celtic pagans. They already worshipped a uh, pantheon of gods, as we, we might have said already, led by Woden, um, also known as Odin, and who was the father of Thor, Baldr, and... Um, who was killed by mistletoe. Who was killed by mistletoe? See, it all comes together. It's all coming together. Uh, it's really a fucking German holiday is what it is. It's pretty much is. I mean, that's that's what it is now. It's a fucking Norse holiday. If you look at how Odin was uh, presented, it, he looked like Gandalf. You know, he had a, a long white beard. Or or Santa Claus. Or Santa Claus. Or Santa. <laughs> he had the long white beard. He rode a horse through the heavens in autumn. I don't know. The Why? horse had a red nose. It's amazing. <laughs> That was, the horse was, I can't even say it, Schleppner. Rudolph. Schleppner. Blitzen. Schleppner. Fucking Donner, Blitzen. They're all fucking... Yeah. You're jumping ahead. Okay, good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So when, when they merge Nicholas with Woden, you end up with a guy with a beard and a flying horse. They change this flight to December. Called and, Woden Claus. And <laughs> Woden Claus. They also give him heavy winter clothing. You know, probably fur-lined. You know. So the Catholic Church ends up adopting the Nicholas cult because that's how you get pagan converts. <laughs> I will point out that the the um, first um, drawing of Saturnalia that we have, the uh-huh. first depiction of Saturnalia, is in that same calendar, that calendar of Philocalus. Uh, and it has a guy in a heavy fur-lined coat throwing knuckle bones to gamble. Knuckle bones? <laughs> our, how do you win? Our modern-day jacks. <laughs> So that fur-lined coat may have been then co-opted later as they, uh, yeah. as Roman Italian missionaries. Well, the Catholic Church, so they, they adopt that cult and they change it to giving gifts on the 25th instead of the 6th. Um, then we jump ahead to 1809, Chuck. Am I jumping too far? It's only like 800 years, right? Uh, we know... Nothing happened in those nothing, intervening 800 years. happened. It was one of those periods of time where people were just like... It was the Dark Ages. That's, That's what right. they called it, exactly. the Dark Ages. They also had no candles on their trees. Shit happened, but no one could see it, so... <laughs> uh, Washington Irving, you've heard of Sleepy Hollow, Rip Van Winkle, right? No. He wrote a satire Dutch culture that was called the Knickerbocker History. Um, and it refers several times to a white-bearded, flying horse-riding St. Nicholas, using his Dutch name. Sinterklaas. Sinterklaas! So in, 19, or in 1822, Dr. Clement Moore... He was a professor at Union Seminary. He read the Knickerbocker history and he published a poem based on the character Santa Claus. And that poem is... Do you know what that poem is? Twas the night before Christmas. Twas the night before Christmas. Which conveniently omits any reference to Sinterklaas's black slave, <laughs> Pete. Pete? Black Pete. Black oh, Pete. Oh, that's right. Black Pete. He was the one who uh, came up with portraying Santa with eight reindeer who descended through chimneys. So basically, your modern. And guess Santa. who, before this white guy took over, guess who descended down the chimneys? Black, black Pete! Pete. <laughs> well, that's why he was black. Fucking Dutch racists! <laughs> yeah, now they say he wasn't actually black, he was just black from the soot that he collected. Fucking assholes! We didn't mean black as in black. <laughs> Dirty Pete. Just black paint. That's <laughs> less racist, right? <laughs> just black face. Oh. And then Thomas Nass completed pretty much the modern picture of Santa. Uh, based on Moore's poems, he drew, you know, thousands of cartoon images of Santa for the magazine Harper's Weekly. Before that, he'd been pictures everything from, like, a stern-looking bishop to, like, a, a gnome in a frock. Right. Yeah. Usually he's depicted um, with the mitre hat of the bishop, right? Yeah. Before in the 1800s, because um, he's Bishop of Myra. And so he'd have this fucking big, huge, double-pointed hat, St. Nicholas. Right. So now he also gave um, Santa's home at the North Pole, his workshop of elves, and the stupid list of the good and bad children. Santa's the NSA, by the way. Yeah. He knows. He's Obama. He so knows when you're sleeping. All he was missing was the red outfit. 
And that came about in 1931, the Coca-Cola Corporation. They contracted Swedish commercial artist Haddon Sundblom, Sundblom to create a Coke drinking Santa. <laughs> I love it. He, he first came up with the Coke sniffing Santa. But <laughs> <laughs> that was rejected. <laughs> that was rejected. Um, he modeled Santa on a friend of her, on a friend of his that was, uh, he just chose because he had a fat face. He had a fat, cheery face with, you know, red. Rosy red cheeks. Rosy red cheeks, that's it. Both photogenic. Um, you know, of course, the Coca-Cola corporation said, hey, you got to have the fur trim suit be bright, bright red, bright Coca-Cola red. Because it's Coca-Cola. Yeah. And there you go. Santa's born. Now we have the Christian crusader, the pagan god, and the commercial idol uh, <laughs> rolled up into one. The Trinity, the Holy Trinity. Verifiably white. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. It is amazing how recent... Uh, Christmas actually is. I mean, oh, these these yeah. people <clears throat> who think that we've, you know, always celebrated Christmas from the birth of Christ. It's tradition. <laughs> for From forever. <laughs> Fucking maybe 150 years. Oh, Assholes. This reminds, I mean, in a way, I, I like see a parallel from this kind of belief to like, say, like anti-vaccination efforts in the modern world. And that sounds a weird parallel, but it's because people don't remember their past. Uh, I have friends that, they, you know, they they won't get a flu shot. And you don't have to get a flu shot, but there are reasons for not getting them. I or, strongly or recommend a flu shot. <laughs> yeah, get one. But, you know, they, they probably won't vaccinate their children. And it's because of where they exist now. They don't remember 50 years ago. Right. Where there were entire uh, rooms filled with fucking iron right. lungs with children because they couldn't breathe because of polio. Our memory is so short. <clears throat> right. We tend to think that... The way we practice Christmas today is how it was always practiced. Yeah. Way back in ancient Judea, when they first had Christ, they exchanged fucking gifts and uh, watched Charlie Brown Christmas. <laughs> Remember in ancient Egypt, Charlie Brown Christmas? <laughs> <laughs> it's just, yeah, they do. They have a, a remarkably a poor grasp of history and a remarkably short memory. And vaccines, you're right, are victims of their own success in that you don't see yeah. all of the trauma and... Uh, morbidity caused by the diseases that they have so successfully wiped out. So there's your Christmas and Santa Claus. So what Santa what have Claus. we established? Santa Claus is a an obese, racist asshole who enslaves small elves, keeps reindeer in captivity, hires Black Pete to do all <laughs> his shit work. If he had an AR-15... His legacy couldn't be more solidly complete in uh, modern America. <laughs> he really does stand for America. <laughs> America. I want to bring back Krampus. Oh, yeah. You want to bring back Krampus? Krampus is the devil um, opposite of Saint Nick who goes and uh, beats all of the bad children. That's right. During the Yule season. Yeah, he was, he was in contrast to Saint Nicholas who reward the well-behaved children, Krampus would come and take the naughty children and put them in his sack and he, carry it away to his lair. He fucking carried around sticks to beat children with, and the worst ones he would kidnap, put in a sack. This, this is what they used to tell their children to make them behave. <laughs> you gotta hand it to a holiday whose main figure features kidnapping children. <laughs> Krampus. Oh, we don't get enough of Krampus. Krampus Day. So this is how, uh, you know, Gretchen Carlson is right. This is how white Christmas is. You've got so many winter festivals, right? If you want, you could start from October, even with like ha- Halloween, you know, and uh, what's the other one? Um, Samhain? Sa- Sa- Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving? No. The first day of winter in the Cal- Celtic calendar. Samhain. Um, the Hindu holiday of the festival lies, Diwali. But, you know, even around the world, people like celebrate Christmas. But you never see... Um, like the Chinese festival, the Dongji festival, or the Winter Solstice festival, celebrated anywhere else. Right. Um, but it's amazing to me these newscasters don't see the uh, unbelievable privilege Christmas has. Right. Which is um, a, a holiday that Christians have just sort of inserted their particular god on top of all this other pagan shit. Uh, so yeah, he's the reason for the season. <laughs> oh my god. So it's it's all true then. Santa's white. Jesus is white. Apparently, Jesus grew up to become a fat, 
bearded white dude who now uh, spends his time once a year, instead of listening to prayers, flying around and giving cheap gifts to yeah. misbehaving children. Ungrateful fuckers. Well, this was good. What'd you get me for Christmas, Chuck? <laughs> Where's my present? Speaking of ungrateful fuckers, I'm an atheist, <laughs> so all I can all, I can just like want presents and it's okay. Yeah, right. I uh, I feel that it is the the receiving rather than the giving. My gift to you is you have this good feeling of giving ah. as I receive. <laughs> well, happy Christmas to all, and fuck you too. Yeah.